Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seiken Network on Blog Talk Radio. Once again, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night to all of you across the globe. How are you? As usual, I'm asking you to check in with yourself. Find out how you're truly feeling today. And practicing truthfulness, first with yourself, because if you can't be truthful with you, I don't know how you can be truthful with anyone else. Truly. Sorry. That was kind of funny. Um, So take a few deep breaths. Breathe in from collarbone all the way to pubic bone. Breathe out, gently tightening your abdominal muscles as you exhale. And just notice as you take a couple more breaths how that feels. Energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally, in every way. So this morning, I am feeling really excited to share with you some feedback. I got some great feedback from the show last week. And before I go into that, well, actually, I'll go ahead and and just say... The feedback that I got was impressive. Um, I generally have found that uh, when I talk about culture and language, um, I get I get some resistance. I know Salvatore has, and uh, one of the reasons that Salvatore and I are working together on this is that we really want to have the message be heard rather uh, than just arguing and debating, not that that isn't welcome if you have something you want to share or um, a question that you have, but most important, we want to just lay this groundwork that there are a lot of texts out there, like the Yoga Sutra, uh, like many of the religious texts that are out there, that are written in multilateral languages and English and and. I realize that not all of my listeners are English-speaking first. I'm using this as an example simply because I am American and English-speaking first. Um, English is a linear language, and um, and, and it it has its wonderful components, like it it can be direct in the sense that here's where we need to meet, let's do that. Um, And for our American minds, it's nice when we need just a yes or a no, it can be all or nothing, which is somewhat cultural. No, it's not somewhat. It is cultural for Americans and perhaps the Polish-speaking world. Multilateral languages actually have vibrational qualities that automatically, that in and of itself, set it apart. And as Salvatore has said on other shows, um, it 
there are certain assumptions that are made when we speak a language, including English. There are assumptions made when I am talking to you now that you understand me simply because, well, don't we all speak English? I'm speaking English now. So I want the, it to be clear that talking about, and I know I can speak for Salvatore in this, this is not about bad, good, better, worse, or anything like that. It's about understanding what is going on, not only energetically, but context, when we are conversing in all of these different languages across the globe. And as the Internet has gotten bigger, and me having the show, for instance, on the Internet, where it's reaching lots and lots of people throughout the world, we have to understand that there's going to be some flaws in the communication simply because of cultural differences in language. And I understand that for our ego, sometime it can be, sometimes it can be really hard to hear that because, you know, I'll just speak for myself, because I'm an English speaker first, and I've lived all over the world, or I've lived in different places on the, on the globe, it, it is hard sometimes to hear that I'm somehow challenged simply because I'm American-born and m my first language is English. When you, when, you, when you let go of that and you understand that all we're talking about is creating a place of better understanding, even if that means that we say, well, we agree that I'm not going to get it all. Um, not having spoken... Sanskrit from birth, I'm probably not going to understand the Yoga Sutra in the same way as Patanjali uh, either A, intended it or assumed that I would. And that's it. Like, And you can kind of drop it from that point in terms of ego. You can just say, okay, so there's some things that I won't understand and that doesn't make me bad. It makes, It actually makes me more understanding, compassionate, wise and or educated and and therefore helps. Something funny that I like to share with my students is my boyfriend is German-speaking, or a German, and we joke about how German is so succinct because you don't tear down a building in German. You don't, you don't run to the store unless you're physically running. And uh, so, you know, he'll... he'll say, hey, I'm going to hop in the shower, and, you know, my joke will be, are you going to really hop in the shower? Because I kind of want to see that. Like, what's that look like to hop in the shower? Or I'm jumping into bed. Are you really going to jump into bed? And it's just, it again, it's just something to kind of lighten that load a little bit. It 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 is kind of funny. And I remember when I lived in Austria, and I cannot remember who it was. I know that English was not their first language said, it's so interesting that you say tear down, that's why I said earlier, tear down a building. I mean, how do you tear a building? And so that's, I think, a way to help lighten that, hopefully, for some of the listeners out there that may be concerned that you're less than or that, or that we're picking on you. It isn't about that at all. In fact, the fact, the, the reason that you're listening is for to create discussion and talk about some of these things so that we can have a better understanding of some of these ancient traditions. And, you know, listen, yoga is 5,000 years old. 
for me, I understand that not for everybody, but for me, even if you call that anecdotal, and I'll be fair and say I get that you would. It's not in a Petri dish. Although, you know, that could be argued. I, let's just say for a second it's not in a Petri dish, therefore it's not quote-unquote science to everyone or fact. I think that's a better word, fact. And facts are facts till we disprove them. So, I mean, that's almost funny to me. I remember when, you know, vitamin C, it's like take a lot of it. No, don't take a lot of it. And you could blame that on evolution. And at the same time, you know, it, it's because we're watching it. Because anecdotal evidence is valuable. 5,000 years is quite significant, in in my opinion, and worthy of attention. And I, I, I understand that it's also difficult for us to wrap our minds around 5,000 years. I mean, I don't know about all of you, but it's hard enough for me to recognize that I'm going to live to be 80 or 100 years old. That's a long time, and that's my entire lifetime. That means from infancy to old age. So a, a thousand years um, is unfathomable. Like, how does that happen? So a tradition that stood that kind of test of time, I think, is worthy of at least looking into, um, whether, whether it's something you practice or not. So one of the things that um, I would like for you to think about, I, I, some of you may, may have heard of Stephen Covey and the Sabbaths of Highly Effective People. One of the chapters in his book that I think is perfect for today is, and it's just the heading of the chapter, therefore it's about this, but seek first to understand, then be understood. It really is so relevant to any practice where you really want to create peace or be in a space of love. And we've talked before in shows, and I, it just cannot be repeated enough probably because I need to hear it, and so I'm going to say it over and over again. Love and learning are vulnerable. And understanding, I think, for a lot of us, feels vulnerable. Understanding where somebody's coming from. Asking questions. Um, you know, recently uh, I had a conversation with somebody where uh, she asked, you know, could we just seek first to ask questions or seek first to understand? So what did you mean when you said? Instead of immediately jumping to, you must have meant which brings us into the show for today. Oh, before we go there, notice how many of the great leaders, the teachers, you know, Stephen Covey being one of them, um, maybe not everybody feels that way. I do. I think uh, he has some valuable information. That book is quite, it's, uh, it also has stood the test of time. We read that in college and, well, I know that ages me, but it's been a while. Um, and they ask us to feel uncomfortable and even feel like it's impossible. Like, how can I possibly understand 
this person or this concept. I'm busy or I'm tired or um, I or, or because I don't understand it and you've explained it three times, I don't want to try anymore. And I think that's fair. And at the same time, taking a deep breath and understanding, that's what leads to learning. That's what leads to a better education of life. I'm not talking about getting a degree here, although it could be. But living, truly living versus merely existing means that we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to understand something that at first may even just be crazy to us. In fact, one could go so far as to say that, you know, some of the some of the blind following that we see and and I know that you listeners have seen this and recognized it, witnessed it. There are folks that follow blindly. It is, and we've talked in other shows about how sometimes I, I think that that has something to do with our um, primitive brain. That you know, it's just it, it, it. If we're in fight or flight, then it's fight or flight, fight or flight. Yes or no brings us back to language, cultural. I get it because I come from a culture that tends to be an all or nothing culture, a yes or no. I want that answer. I remember my mom when I was growing up. I asked her about her one of her divorces, and she. And and I, I asked for a simple yes or no answer. And one of the most valuable lessons, and she's taught me, and and she keeps teaching me valuable lessons, was she her answer was, I'm not going to give you a yes or a no. If you want to hear the whole story, I will tell you. There are no secrets, and it isn't a yes or a no. And I was 14 at the time, and... I was not interested in hearing her story. I just, you know, it was like I just kind of wanted a yes or a no. And um, and then later, I was 19 years old, and I asked her again, and she said again, I'm not going to give you a yes or no, and I cut her off, and I said, I, I'm ready to hear the story. And she told me the story. And I really understood at 14 to a certain extent, and then again at 19 years old, I really understood it's true this wasn't a yes or no answer. And it wasn't an all or a nothing, a black or a white. It was very gray. And there were lots of things that went into this. And, you know, now being an adult and having been divorced, I really understand that in a different way because it it really isn't, you know, just one thing that creates a, a friendship, a marriage a relationship to break apart or to change in a way where it feels as though it's breaking apart. Uh, it, it just isn't that easy. And we, I think we need to think about that when we ask our questions. Um, the other little piece I want to give before we head into the show today or, or, or making a pact together is listeners. So we get caught up in being right. We get caught up in the need to be heard, to be recognized, to be understood. And we can get so caught up in that 
that we stop listening. However, when we are listened to, when we place people in our lives that listen to us, that care about us and our well-being, first and foremost, then we have found people in our lives who love us. When we listen to others and care about what the outcome is in their life and wish for them wellness, beneficial energy, happiness, you know, what have you, we are people who love because people who love listen. And sometimes it means listening to between the lines. And I know that gets really um, kind of sensitive, especially when we are talking about all these different cultural differences, language differences. I have many people in my life that English is not their first language. And we have to really stop and ask questions. Um, my my German-speaking German friends tend to be, and I mean German-first-speaking friends, tend to be very direct. It's also something I love very much about them. I don't ever wonder where I stand with them. What they say is what they mean. And this and again, these are these are the people that I'm choosing to have in my life. I'm not saying that just that all German speaking people are one way. I'm saying that in my experience, and it is language, because it is such a literal language, I mean it's so succinct, it makes sense that when they say something they mean it. Or this is what I meant. I didn't tear down a building. I broke it down. Or we demolished a building. Um, they and, and so I sometimes when I'm listening to something that they're saying, when we're trying to understand each other, I have to think about that. I have to think, okay, I can ask more questions or I can just live in the space knowing that what they're saying is what they mean. And if I'm wrong, then I guess we're going to figure that out at some point because, you know, I mean, I also choose to keep people in my life that keep asking questions as well. So it's like if things are not understood, we're going to figure that out eventually. Now, that's a really nice way to segue into today's show. So how many times in your life have you allowed your mind i know you know i'm raising my hand right now i have many times where many how many times in your life have you allowed your mind to run off in a direction and and in this case i'm talking about in a negative direction or a detrimental way um that turned out to not be true so i'm going to use an example with a, a friend of mine um, her boyfriend traveled a lot, and she, um, you know, would call me, and sometimes he he would be in places where perhaps an ex-girlfriend was or just someone that felt threatening in some way to her, and we can all relate to this, and, um, and we would talk about and say things like, well, you know, what if he cheats on me? I mean, essentially, this is what she's saying. These are not her words. But, you know, what if he cheats on me? You know, how do, basically, how do I protect my heart? And, 
you know, in a more intuitive way, even though I understood exactly how she felt, in a more in a, in, in intuitive fashion or getting an intuitive hit, I said to her something to the effect of, well, while he's gone, you can make up whatever you want. So if you make up that he is, in fact, cheating on you, and you can make up a horrible story. I mean, just make it really long and awful. And you can sit in that space until he comes back to you. And here are a few things that could happen with that. Number one, he could go and he could cheat. And then you've spent all that time upset and in unrest. And then he comes back and he tells you, and then you're going to be upset and in unrest about that further because now it's true and you have to deal with it. You could decide that you're not going there at all and you're going to make up something different that all he does is think about you and he could come back and that could be true, right? Where that's all he did was think about you. It had nothing to do with any other person ever and there was absolutely no cheating or even thinking about it. And so we've lost no time in the space of negativity or detrimental energy to ourselves. Because remember, when you're thinking negative thoughts, and I, I know that you can relate to where it becomes physical. You can actually feel pain in your body. And we talked about this last week when I was talking about the um, have been working with that I really enjoy and that there's just this one little piece and that I was going to take this stand and I'm leaving and I'm not, you know, I've got to say no, this isn't okay and walk away. And immediately my body started to ache and hurt because it was the wrong thing. It's the same thing in this scenario with my friend. It's not going to feel good to stay in, stay in that space. So you can stay in that detrimental space and then he comes back and nothing's happened and you've wasted all that time and energy in an icky way and your body feels bad. And and there's also, you know, then sometimes you even go further and say, oh my gosh, I didn't trust this person and they were trustworthy, so now I'm really a schmo. And then there's another scenario where, you know, you could make up um, this horrible thing and you spend all this time and he comes back and... It wasn't true. So now I kind of mixed the last two up a little bit. But essentially, you can make it up. It could be true or not. Either way, from the moment you make it up and the whole time that you're thinking about it, you're going to be in a negative space. And it's not going to feel very good. And, 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 and sometimes it clouds your vision in every other way. Like the rest of your life starts to kind of I don't know, fall apart is probably a little dramatic, but maybe, maybe, or it feels that way because you're just in this space. Uh, it's a whirlwind. You're kind of downward spiraling. Um, or, and, and actually there's one more scenario. You make up that he didn't do it and he comes back and he did. Well, then you deal with it from that point on as opposed to dealing with it from when you made it up all the way through. And it depends on how much time there is. However, I look at it, even a day wasted is a day wasted. And the show today is about let's decide to keep our joy. Let's decide that or make the choice, I like that, 
make the choice that joy is where we will sit. And we'll do that first. And if things arise in this space that are uncomfortable or downright painful, we will deal with them. Because we have in our lives, most people have at some point dealt with some sort of difficulty, adversity, pain, and we're still here. We're here. You're listening to the show. We're still talking about it. So apparently we made it through, at least to a certain extent, and sometimes those things are the things that have actually jaded us. Uh, so we have to look at that too. It's like, so am I being cynical um, in a time where I don't need to be simply because of past experience? Or, you know, some at, at some point somebody in my past acted the way that my partner is acting now and that must mean that it's bad. Well, because it's a different person. And then if you add in even more so cultural and language differences, then you've added another layer to the whole thing. Maybe you don't have that. Maybe you do. But if you add that in, then you've added in an entire layer that does make a significant difference to the understanding of what's happening. So I, I share this with my friend. We talk it through and we move on. And then, you know, a year or two later, I get the exact same advice from her. Different scenario going on in my world, but I mean, it was, I mean, you know, teachers and students were both, were both every day, all the time. Sometimes we're in teaching mode, sometimes we're in learning mode. Find the people in your life that listen to you so that you are understood. And remember that people who love listen, so have those people in your life. And the people that don't, that doesn't mean you have to get rid of them or, or, or have this final or this finality. You can create space between yourself and somebody that isn't good for you without being in a confrontive or a, a, a difficult space or even adverse. You can just, space can happen. Most of us are busy enough in our lives and have enough going on that it, it it slowly you can have some space and it doesn't have to be a big deal. But find the people in your life that listen to you. Because when you are having a moment where your joy is, where you are robbing yourself of joy, when you rob yourself, make the decision to be unhappy, because that is what's going on. Remember, we are talking about being truthful here. And that isn't an easy thing to do, especially when we don't feel good. It doesn't change that without that truthfulness, without being honest about what's actually happening, we can't actually change it. So you want to place people in your life that will... What I like to say, and my students, my friends, my family hear me say this often, and I, I didn't make it up. I don't know who did, um, but it, you know, somebody did, and it was quite wise. It's holding the mirror up. Do you like what you see? And you've heard me talk in past 
shows about my girlfriends, my tribe that, well, I, actually all of my tribes that I have in my life, and I have many different tribes, all of them will hold the mirror up. Some, For some it is easier, and that can be a cultural thing. They are in my life also for a specific reason. I realize that they have value simply in the culture they were raised in, that there's something in that that is beneficial to me when it comes to holding up the mirror, when it comes to listening, and when it comes to, um, you know, saying the holding up the mirror is the part of saying what needs to be said. So I, and I also love that when we can learn from one another, we, we actually give each other the same advice. And, you know, I'm sure somebody else gave me the advice I gave my friend. I, I, except that that's most likely what's happened. I just happened to say it in a way that she understood it, which actually just a little sidebar here. Those of us, when we're in teaching mode, or those of us that are teachers, whatever it is, it is important to understand, and it, it, was, very, it was actually painful for me at first when I started teaching as a health fitness specialist and a yoga teacher it was really difficult for me to understand how I could say to a student felt like was the same thing in a million different ways that I knew would be beneficial for them, and yet it took someone else saying the exact same thing in order for them to hear it. And there's another point where your ego steps in and goes, what? You know, I said that a million times, and, and how often have we said those words? I told you so. Well, I learned really quickly in my own practice how much I didn't want to be that teacher. I'm not saying that you can't say I told you so. There's sometimes a, a way to say it that is that is going to solidify and engage the relationship versus you're wrong and, and eventually that, that doesn't feel good to anybody's ego so it kind of disintegrates the relationship on some level. So I learned that really quickly that, you know, it doesn't matter how my students hear or are able to actually listen and get, understand, have it become visceral, that they may not hear that from me. They may need to hear it from someone else. That doesn't mean that as teachers, I, or as a teacher in that moment, that I didn't have any part in that. I planted a seed. Maybe I got their mind to open up. Maybe I got them to start arguing within themselves about it because it was uncomfortable. And then finally someone else could come up and say something. And it might just be a friend. It might not be another teacher. Or it could be another teacher. Who cares? In order to create that loving, peaceful space, that allowance, the ability to truly live rather than merely exist, we have to be able to let go of being the one that does it all the one that is the teacher, because there isn't just one. Um, I want to just take a moment here and take a break, and we'll have a couple of public service announcements. Go ahead and think on, for a moment, what your pact would be. While you're listening to these, it may, it may help you, it may not. You can certainly turn it down and, and just think about this. I want you to think about what your pact would be with me so that we can we can practice keeping our joy so that we can practice 
changing, as I said when I explained today's show, changing the wave pattern in the mind to be a beneficial one, one that will grow us and support us. Packers. Vikings. Red State. Blue State. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But no matter how different we are, we're all connected, and we can all make a difference. That's why United Way brings people, expertise, and resources together to improve the education, income, and health of our communities, the building blocks for a better life. When we live united, our efforts, magnified by others, add up to real change. Children succeed in school, families gain financial stability, the health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly, so do our communities. But real change won't happen without you. Live united. So let's look beyond our differences. Live united. One by one, let's make a difference. Let's reach out a hand to one and influence the condition of all. (laughs) Live united. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on blogtalkradio.com with your host, Kimberly Canals. Your spot to practice living in awareness. Ah, uh, thank you, Ristita De Jesus. Once again, I I love the way she says that, and it is true. We are practicing living in awareness. So, I asked you to think about the pact before we left. So, going back to the public service announcement, announcement. I love that. First of all, it's called United Way, which is kind of a great name, and then realizing we're not separate, and that what we do matters all the time what we think matters because it changes who we are internally how you think affects how you think and how you feel affects your nervous system and your endocrine system that affects every other system in your body that is the truth so when you choose to make a different decision about how you want to think when you can be in the space of uncomfortable or vulnerable and still smile. You know, last night in, in at the end of my yoga class, you know, that was the homework again. Smile as often as possible. It affects more than you. When you smile at somebody, it changes even them because the energy shifts. It just does. Practice it. Feel free. Write in. KimTalkRadio at gmail.com. It's, I, I want to discuss this stuff further. Even if you, if you feel differently, let's discuss that. Arguing just for the sake of arguing, though, doesn't work with me. So just remember that. If you want to call in and you want to have an actual debate because you have something you really want to say, I want to hear about it. Um, I don't want to argue just to argue. I want to argue to learn. So... If we're robbing ourselves of this joy, what I'm thinking is let's make a pact together that we will decide when we are running down that that path of I am 
unworthy, I am unloved, this person's going to hurt me, that bad thing's going to happen. And I feel this often myself. So, I mean, I'm I'm asking you to make a pact with me because I guess what I'm asking for is strength in numbers. <laughs> um, that we decide to just change our mind and decide that the best ca- case scenario is going to happen because even if it doesn't, even if the worst case scenario happens, we will be in the space of something more beneficial, strengthening our systems, including our immune system, in the meantime, so that things happen um, or things that don't feel good or downright painful happen, when those arise, we actually are stronger. We're able to face it with a strength we just couldn't have if we've been beating ourselves up. And when I say that, I really do mean it. If we're in that consistent space of what could go terribly wrong, we're not helping our systems be strong. So we're already depleted. It's as if you're going into, and you know, I'm not, I, I certainly am not a warmonger. I, I, I look forward to the day where we no longer need a military. Um, it, it you don't you don't go into war without uh or into any battle without being strong so going into your life with that sense of i am strong i know how to take care of myself things go wrong i have myself and my tribe i've placed people in my life that are listening to help me get to whatever the next place is for me you're entering into life, which can be unpredictable, uh, with a sense of strength that you wouldn't have otherwise. So the pact I would like to make with all of you is that we choose. So when we feel that space arising in us or that those thoughts arising in us, the wave patterns in our mind that are detrimental, and we know that we're making it up because we have actually no, do not have any real evidence that this is what's happening. All we know is, is that we're making up a really good story. I mean, I got to tell you, some of the stories I make up in my mind, we ought to have movies made. I'd have someone like George Lucas to do it. As you all know, I'm a Star Wars fan. Um, and he could probably do it the best. Um, he, I, I would need somebody to write it for me, but the stories that I make up are, are amazing. I, I'm, I'm, when I can step back and actually look in, it's like, wow, I should write books. I don't want to, so I'm not going to, but, but I should, because these are amazing dramas that I make up. And I know that you know what I'm talking about that you've done it yourself, male or female. This is not a female thing only or a male thing only. We all do it. We may shorten it by saying, well, I've made up this decision and now I will act this way, which I think is hugely dangerous. I mean, when you've made something up, you've decided that that is now the truth, and now you operate from that space, you are only bound to bring about more pain and suffering for yourself for sure and maybe for people around you. So I go back to people who love, listen, 
you all are listening to this show because you are choosing to love. You are choosing to learn. If love is too much for you, then you're choosing to learn. You can't do that when you are unable to be vulnerable. So remembering that the stories that you make up are just that, stories until proven. And even then, you know, depending on the situation, cultural, language differences, uh, just the sense of context, where you are, when you're talking about it, what's happening in someone's life at that point, even then it sometimes just takes time. And that is really hard. If there is one thing I, the people in my life know that I complain about the most, I don't like to be a complainer. I do it just like everybody else. The thing I complain about the most is time. It makes me crazy that anyone wastes my time. Banks waste my time. Internet providers waste my time. Anything on the computer almost, I feel like, wastes my time. And my time as a single mom running her own business, radio show, etc. I don't have time to be wasted. You know, I still got to eat. I still got to sleep. I still got to clean my house. You know, it, and I know you can relate to this. I have to take my garbage out. If I don't, my daughter's not quite at the age. She helps me now and again. But I mean, if it's 10 o'clock at night, I'm not sending my kid out to the garbage can. Um, so if I don't take the garbage out, it doesn't get done. If I don't do the laundry, it doesn't get done. I don't have the resources at this time to have somebody do that for me, so I'm on my own. So when somebody wastes my time, it pisses me off. And I ha- and I'm sure you're hearing that in my voice right now. I am not joking. I really don't like it. If you want to piss me off, that's the way to do it. There, now you have the secret. Um at the same time, I've had to make some sort of peace with it. You know, I, I don't know what it's like in other countries right now, but in America, it is quite common for anything that is a business that is kind of the, the norm. So, like I said, internets, banks, that kind of thing. Their systems are set in place in a certain way that are time wasteful. And I don't know exactly why that is. I have my suspicions, but I don't, that, that's not what the show is about. The thing is, is what can we do in place of that? So when my, because honestly, going back to the show and making a pact to be happy, that wave pattern that I get on, as you just heard me rambling on about what pisses me off, when I'm in that wave pattern, there no good can come from that. And even when I'm in it, I know that. And I'm much, much better because I've been in practice for many years and consistently. doesn't mean I don't fall off. It just means that I've been in practice. It is faster now for me to calm down and realize, okay, so this is wasting my time. Maybe there's something beneficial in this. Maybe I was supposed to take these few minutes out longer. I don't know. But what I want to do is make a pact with you that we... Choose to see some sort of beneficial light in whatever comes our way. And this is not, I'm not, and I I hope I've been clear on my show about, I am not saying, you know, breathe, it'll all be okay. I don't, 
I don't actually feel that way. And I don't teach that way. Um, I do say breathe anyway, but it doesn't mean that it'll all be okay because I don't know what that really means. Unless we're talking about, like, I'll say okay or oh. I learned that from um, a Feldenkrais practitioner many years ago. Uh, she she explained Feldenkrais as being a space of oh. And I went one step further and said okay, meaning Okay, I heard you. Okay, that's how you feel. Okay. Uh, Whatever works for you. But being in that space of, oh, is a sense of wonder versus a space of contempt or um, detrimental energy. I don't know how else I want to say this. A, A space where we can still allow for something more expansive versus constrictive. And when we're in the space of shutting down, I mean, it's in it's in those words. If you if you if you really think about it, shutting down means we're constricting, and the practice that we are in, or that we're talking about on this particular radio show, is the space of expansiveness. I am not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to make it seem like it's a whole lot of fun all the time. In fact, I would say that being in practice many times has felt really difficult compared to being in a space of ignorance Um, or at least that's how I think about it because once you're out of the space of ignorance you don't really know what it's like to be there anymore Um, you're too aware you're too awake Uh, and and again even though you may shut down and you may have your moments where you ramble on in a certain direction that really doesn't make any sense you more in the practice you become more aware of it and bring it back this is all about the pact that i want to make with you today so you think about it you write it down put it in your journal write it in your mind whatever it is that you're making a pact with me and everyone else listening today or from this day forward because this is archived so people may listen to it later and join in this pact that we will choose to change our wave patterns in our mind when they are detrimental into something more beneficial and therefore experience more joy or at least be in the space to be expansive enough to experience joy. And that's a choice. That truly is a choice. It isn't an easy one. Like I said, I'm not going to say, you know, breathe, put you know your middle finger on your thumb and you know, sit cross-legged and it'll all be fine. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember what the acronym FINE is for. It's pretty funny. Salvatore, I know you're out there listening. You're going to have to remind me. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> so we're not just fine. We, it, or it'll all be fine. We're in a practice that we realize that life is uncomfortable, if not downright painful, and how we deal with it. How we see it is a choice. It really is. Talk to the people in your lives that have had serious adversity. They will be the ones that will tell you, especially if they've learned from it. And, you know, I uh, often said in the beginning, two things. In the beginning of when I was teaching, uh, so, you know, good. now it's 15 years ago. 20 years ago is 
you know, uh, first of all, yoga, I used to always say, you know, it's that catch-22. I called it the catch-22 of yoga. You become more aware and, oh, you become more aware. So you become more aware and that's great. Like now I'm really present in the moment and I'm practicing being present in the moment. So when I am in that space of joy, when I am holding my daughter in my arms, I feel that and enjoy that. At the same time, I'm also aware of just a little digestive issue versus, you know, full-on stomach problems or full-on digestive issues. So it can almost feel like, oh, it always felt... I remember for the first five years that I studied yoga, I felt like I could feel any cold about to come on, and most of them I could beat because of it, which was actually the benefit in it, but it meant that, you know, I had to rest more, and I had to, you know, I did really pay attention to what I was eating, and and it frustrated me, even though I know that sounds kind of silly, you know, because it's like, well, yeah, you got to eat well, and yeah, you got to take care of yourself, duh, and sometimes that's not a whole lot of fun when you're busy doing other things or maybe you feel like you're busy having fun and it's like, well, I don't really want to take a nap when I'm having fun. I am still so childlike in my mind. I get that. You know, I'm playing right now. I don't want to go in and rest. Um, And I know you guys can relate to that. Okay, so the pact. The pact starting today. And it's actually three people I know in my immediate circle, their birthdays. So happy birthday. Um, and make this a fabulous year. Make, make this a fa- fabulous year and, and make this the year that you lived by our pact. And we're doing a handshake right now. You feel that? We're shaking hands. Or pinky pack. We're wrapped, we kissed our pinkies and we wrapped them around each other. We are going to change negative or detrimental wave patterns into beneficial ones to keep our joy. When we do that, there are going to be times that we're disappointed. It's not because I'm trying to put that out there for us. Such is the way of life, and disappointment is different for everyone. So, you know, universally or energetically, you don't. there is no real necessarily big difference between the two. It's just what's happening. Oh, now this is happening. Oh, now this is happening. Oh, now this is happening. But for us as human beings in our ego state, we're going to be disappointed. What can we do instead? So maybe you make up in this moment with me that in your pact that when that arises, the first thing you'll do is smile. 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 Smile some more. Ah, when we smile, it does change, even if it's microscopic, if you're really paying attention. So for a second, let's just do that. Take a big, deep breath in and a complete breath out. And now smile. Now you can just curl the ends of your lips up and it actually does change things because just the musculature changes your nervous and endocrine system. I'm going to ask that you smile big, like Cheshire Cat it for me. Or I also, even though he in the beginning isn't a real nice guy, but the Grinch, that big smile, Jim Carrey does it so well. That big smile. And tell me, just how's that feel? I know it feels different. You can argue with me that it feels 
negative or detrimental, go ahead. But you regardless feel something. So maybe that's what you do. Or maybe you just decide in that moment that you're feeling this, that you write down some sort of positive affirmation. And I don't want to go haywire on positive affirmations. Um, those of you that are tuning into this show, those of you that have worked with me, know that, I, I again, I don't go back to just positive affirmations. However, in a moment where we need significant change in our wave patterns, a positive affirmation with a smile or a positive affirmation period written down where you have to write it out may begin that shift for you. You have to believe it. You can't just think it in order to really make a shift. But it's a start. It's something different than just rolling with that negative wave pattern. Or I, you hear me go back and forth with negative, positive, beneficial, detrimental. I, I'm, I'm, I, tr I really do practice being a little more specific because positive and negative are energetic, energetic charges. It is a way that we speak in English of also talking about beneficial and detrimental. To me, it's more specific to say beneficial or detrimental. It's either beneficial to the system or it's detrimental to the system or it's, or it's some kind of combination. You're hoping that it mostly weighs on the side of, of beneficial. So remember, I would love to hear from you. Um, and so write me at kimtalkradio at gmail.com. And in the meantime, practice that which gives you hope, that which gives you joy. Bring people into your life that love you. Therefore, they're listening to you. Be the loving person and listen to other people. Make choices in your life that feel right for you. Have people in your life that will hold a mirror up and show you when you aren't doing what you said you were going to do. Because I'm happy alone if you feel like happiness.